be seated. Let us pray together. In these days, Lord, may your spirit descend like a dove upon us and remain there. Help us to discern what your will is for our lives. Help us to proclaim the truth about ourselves and about you. For you do not convict other than to save. You would not condemn us to separation from you. But you love us enough and your grace is sufficient. And we ask these prayers in your precious and holy name, Jesus. Amen. There was a young man named John who received a parrot as a gift. Now the parrot, unfortunately, had a bad attitude and even worse a vocabulary that would make any sailor shrink. Every word out of the bird's mouth was rude, obnoxious, and laced with profanity. Now John tried and tried to change this bird's attitude by consistently saying polite words and playing soft music and anything else that he could think of to clean up the bird's vocabulary, but to no avail. And so finally John was fed up and he yelled at the parrot and the parrot yelled back and John shook the parrot and the parrot got angrier and even ruder. And so in desperation, John just threw up his hands, grabbed the bird and put him in a freezer. Well, for a few minutes, the parrot squawked and kicked and screamed, but suddenly there was total quiet. Not a peep was heard for over a minute. And so fearing that he'd hurt the parrot, John quickly opened the door to the freezer. And the parrot calmly stepped out into John's outstretched arms and said this, I believe I may have offended you with my rude language and actions. I'm sincerely remorseful remorseful for my inappropriate transgressions, and I fully intend to do everything I can to correct my rude and unforgivable behavior. And John was stunned at the change in the bird's attitude. He was about to ask the parrot what had made such a dramatic change in his behavior, but yet the bird continued. And may I ask what the turkey did? I had to lighten up uh, John the Baptist spiritual Scroogeness, but when our I feel like it's when our self awareness and the consequences of our behavior intersect, uh, we will look for real change. And somehow this bird got got that. But who or what will help us as we as humans uh, help us make a reboot to turn to make a, a permanent turn in life when we realize that we need real change and. We go to our gospel lesson today and we set the context uh, when John the Baptist comes on the scene. Uh, Isaiah had prophesied that there would be a messenger who goes before a voice crying in the wilderness and one that would cry and call us all out um, for new life. And so when, when Jesus was born, this was a confusing time, even for Jews, spiritually speaking, because there were all kinds of cults and different sects of different religious leaders and cults for the Jewish tradition, all claiming to be the pathway to God. And so this was confusing. And 
For 400 years since the Old Testament, last Old Testament prophet Malachi, we turn one page and we come in to the Gospel of Matthew. But between one page is 400 years, and God had been silent until John the Baptist. See, John the Baptist comes on the scene and he chooses the Jordan River and he's preaching a baptism of repentance. Behold, I send my messenger and he will prepare the way before me. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. And I believe that the importance of a straight path is not to get lost in the winding turns of a crooked path. And God is speaking to our, ourselves. I mean, he's speaking right into our hearts when he's saying, make my path straight in your life. And so, and for God's people to find that straight path, they needed a reset. God was doing something new in uh, the Jordan River. And John the Baptist just happened to be the unfortunate prophet who had to say, turn and repent. Because there's one mightier than, than I who's coming. And so they were publicly confessing their sins. The people throughout Judea and along the River Jordan began emptying themselves of sin. And they were becoming prepared to receive the promise of forgiveness that can only come from God. John the Baptist knew his Barriers, and he knew his boundaries. And his purpose was to point to Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the straight path to God. And you know, confession leads to repentance. When we get it all out on the table, it leads to a, a recognition, a realization that there needs to be a change, and it eventually, ultimately involves perhaps a heart change. And the possibility of a new path in life. We've seen it. We've seen it in the lives of, of those who, who waited and waited and waited and then they have turned. We've seen it in our families. We've seen the transformation of the gospel among people who we never thought could receive. But remember too that this is why our Advent season is moving along in a continuum from waiting and watching to preparation to receive Jesus in our world and in our hearts, that he is coming again. I once knew a, a gifted public speaker who could hold the attention of his audience even right after lunch. I remember right after a rotary one time, after a full buffet in Hartsville, this gentleman could just speak and he would walk through the audience and he would get people's attention by calling their names out. That reminds me of the time, rags, cops. Or, that reminds me of the time, and I would just go, oh, God, that woke me up. When your name is spoken aloud, what is he speaking about? I can't remember, but I knew how humiliating it could be when you're singled out. And John the Baptist was also calling people out. He was getting attention by calling people out. He was calling them out of where? He was calling them out of religious bondage and into a relationship with Jesus Christ, the incarnate Son of God who was coming into the world. And the leaders in religion in those days had made themselves above the law. They were in and of themselves so great and so thick, and John the Baptist knew their hearts were not in the right place to receive his baptism of repentance. 
because they saw themselves as perfect, perfectionists. And he calls them out. He says, you brood of vipers. I mean, that would have been like saying, you are so deadly to the children of God that you would harm them, that you would mislead them. And I'm calling you out on that. Capable of causing great harm to the children of God, making them believe that salvation comes by works and not by grace and mercy and the righteousness that is transferred to us on the cross by Jesus. And so the Pharisees and the Sadducees relied on their own efforts more than the moral law that was to be written on their hearts. It just hadn't gotten there. And they were spiritually dumb and borrowing from words from uh, Pink Floyd and comfortably numb. They were comfortably numb. And so the Lord is not looking the other way in a world of injustice, but he is coming again to set matters straight. The reality is the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And therefore, those who believe his warnings had better get their lives in order. Be ready. Be prepared. And preparation involves self-examination. And true repentance, he says in Isaiah, bears fruit. So confessing our sins is a great place to start. When we take a good look at ourselves through the lens of Scripture, we may see some things that need to be changed. One theologian said that the conviction of our own sin is the beginning of an understanding of God. And discovering that His way of handling our sin through the cross through forgiveness and mercy, well, we might just come to the end of ourselves and the beginning of new life in Jesus. And isn't it true that it's hard to view others correctly if we don't see ourselves the way God sees us? And we call that self-awareness. Most of us see through our own history, our own lens, our inherited traits from our parents and ancestors, whether good or bad, But we cannot be ignorant of the possibility of error or sin. That would be unhealthy and unreal to say we have no sin, for we would deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And so we live in a culture that is comfortably numb in some ways, a culture numbed with the the startling news of people exposed in sinful behavior, of people perceived to be leaders in authority, iconic people. People we see all the time that are supposed to be trusted, bearers of information. Well, just okay is not okay. (laughs) Borrowing from that commercial. It's not okay. John was calling God's people out and saying, look, what you're doing is not okay. And Jesus was about calling his people out so he can come in, preparing the way so that he can come in. He's calling us out of our comfort zone, stepping out in faith into the wilderness where the distractions perhaps are fewer and the horizon is greater. We can see for miles. Have you ever been to Kansas and seen those roads? It reminds you of the Roadrunner. They just keep going on for miles and miles. Is that the same road? Just going straight for miles and miles. And This is... 
the vision that Isaiah has for the highway of holiness, that it, it's a straight path, straight to God. And this is what our Lord and Savior does for us. He bridges that chasm. He straightens out those crooked paths and he makes a straight path to God because he comes from God. It takes humility. It takes humility and trusting God for the renewing of our mind to see that our way might not be the best way and that we see ourselves in a new light the way God may see us. And we start to learn to walk by faith, relying on him and not just by sight. And we remember that Christ will return and we will see him as he is. So we need to take a good look at ourselves. We're no longer ignorant. And we must be willing to confess that real change is needed. And we may need to be willing to change our lifestyle, to change our words, to remove ourselves from unhealthy relationships, to even change our our environment. So the question for myself and, and for you and for all of us today through these gospel lessons is God calling you out so he can come in into a deeper way. Will you truly make room for Christ in this season of shopmas more than Christmas? That's what our bishop says, shopmas. Making room for Christ to come in. Or are we going to put him off, put him on layaway while you keep trying to straighten things out yourself? And so John tells us his baptism of repentance is only the beginning to prepare the way for Jesus to come. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. What is that about? Well, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. Remember, God, Jesus said, I'm, I'm going to return to the Father, but wait here. Wait for the power that comes on high, and I will send you a wonderful counselor, a helper to encourage you, to remind you of all my words. And so the Holy Spirit is the third person who enables and empowers us today to be responsive to God's grace. He gives us the energy to sustain and walk by faith. He is the giver of life. And so God made us to be a dwelling place for his spirit. Opening ourselves to his spirit deepens our friendship with God and our awareness that we also carry his presence into the world for the sake of saving the world. Jesus said, whoever believes in me streams of living water will flow from within him. That's the river of life. That's what we all desire. And today we have a great reminder not to get so caught up in shopmas or the direction of our culture, but to tune our hearts to the one who calls us out by name so that we may enter into life eternal with him and in him. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.